Canada's Prime Minister Trudeau says he won't rush reopening the border with the U.S. Interprovincial protest closes part of the Trans-Canada Highway in Nova Scotia. And a Vermonter heads to the Olympics. A cool evening, but the heat comes back by the weekend. I'm Bob Welch. This is a late edition, but it is the Tuesday edition of Bob's World coming up nonetheless. Hi, we're the Goo Goo Dolls. We're fortunate that our daughters have what they need to grow and learn. But that isn't the case for nearly 13 million kids in the U.S. that struggle with hunger. Childhood hunger is a heartbreaking reality that Feeding America is working to change. Each year, the Feeding America network of food banks rescues billions of pounds of good food that would have gone to waste and provides it to families and children in need. You can help kids in need in your community by visiting feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Amine. Sometimes starting a conversation with a friend about mental health can feel awkward, but your support can make a huge difference. You know your friends best, so if you feel like something's wrong, trust your instinct and reach out. Learn how to start the conversation at SeizeTheAwkward.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council, the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, and the Jed Foundation. This is Bob's World, Tuesday, June 22nd, 2021. Good evening, I'm Bob Welch, and we begin our podcast north of the border tonight, where Canada's Prime Minister Justin Trudeau signaled today the government is likely to further relax some of the most stringent border measures this summer, But Ottawa has no qualms about keeping the crossing closed for longer if an influx of travelers threatens public health. The federal government said yesterday that fully vaccinated Canadians and permanent residents can skip the mandatory quarantine when returning from abroad starting the night of July the 5th. A negative PCR test taken 72 hours before departure is still required for all travelers, but the border will remain shuttered to all foreigners, including Americans, regardless of their vaccination status. That continuing closure has angered some U.S. lawmakers, like uh, Senator Chuck Schumer from New York, along with business interests and Canadians eager to reunite with family and friends from south of the border and beyond. Trudeau told CBC News Canada is prepared to do away with almost complete travel ban once more people here have been fully vaccinated, and we're talking about weeks and not months anymore, Trudeau's words. His words continue, we certainly hope that we will have more good news about reopening in the coming weeks, but of course it depends on the vaccination rate, the COVID situation, the variants of concern, and what's happening elsewhere. The Canadian government has so far refused to say what metrics Canada must hit before it will allow Americans and others to cross the border for non-essential purposes. Public Safety Minister Bill Blair suggested yesterday in an interview with CBC News Network's Power and Politics program that the federal government wants to see 75% of Canadians fully vaccinated before travel resumes at a more normal rate. Some health experts have said that's an unnecessary long time to wait. When pressed on just how many Canadians need to be fully vaccinated before travel resumes, 
Trudeau said that's not the only consideration. He said Canada will take a gradual and cautious approach to reopening and will not bow to pressure from the United States or others to rush the process. He said the government prefers to err on the side of caution rather than throw open the borders before the threat of COVID-19 is crushed. While data suggests fully vaccinated people are well protected against COVID-19 and severe outcomes, Trudeau said those with two doses could still act as vectors, spreading the virus to Canadian communities. The Prime Minister says the issue is being fully vaccinated against COVID-19 protects you from the worst impacts, but it doesn't necessarily protect you from transmitting COVID-19 to someone who is partially or not vaccinated. And nobody wants to see new restrictions brought in in the summer because the volumes were too high because we were a little too rushed. His words again from the Prime Minister of Canada to CBC. Dr. Theresa Tam, Canada's chief public health officer, said the country will only allow travelers from abroad once there's more resilience to COVID-19 in the Canadian population. Tam said Canada will continue with its precautionary approach at a time when less than 20% of the entire Canadian population is fully vaccinated. If you think the temperature is getting hot regarding Canada's guarded stance on reopening the border with the U.S. for non-essential travel, you should have been at the provincial line between New Brunswick and Nova Scotia today. CBC News reports part of Nova Scotia's Trans-Canada Highway has been shut down because of a protest over provincial boundary restrictions announced today by the Nova Scotia government. This is with regards to interprovincial travel. All four lanes at exit 7 on Highway 104 of the Cobequid Pass, that's about 50 kilometers, 30 miles, from the Nova Scotia-New Brunswick provincial line, are closed, and detours are in place. The Nova Scotia Transportation Department tweeted, The Mounties say traffic was being diverted through exit 7 onto Highway 4, the RCMP asked people to avoid the area and drive cautiously if they are in the area. It was announced today that travelers from New Brunswick will continue to have to self-isolate upon arrival in Nova Scotia, even after Nova Scotia opens its boundaries with PEI and Newfoundland and Labrador without isolation or testing requirements starting tomorrow. See, New Brunswick opened its borders to Canadian travelers from outside the Atlantic region last week without the requirement they self-isolate, provided they have at least one dose of a COVID-19 shot. It is the only Atlantic Canadian province to do so. Nova Scotia's Premier Ian Rankin said in a press release, because of New Brunswick's approach to visitors from the rest of Canada, we need to maintain some protection when people enter Nova Scotia from that province. In a Facebook video this afternoon, progressive conservative member of Nova Scotia's Legislative Assembly, Elizabeth Smith McCrossan, who represents the constituency of Cumberland North, right up against the provincial line with uh, New Brunswick, threatened to close the Trans-Canada Highway in protest, saying, if you do not change your mind and allow the people of Cumberland County and New Brunswick to see one another without self-isolating, the Trans-Canada Highway will be shut down, and it will be shut down until you open that border for the families of Cumberland County. At Nova Scotia's COVID-19 briefing this afternoon, Nova Scotia's Premier Rankin didn't explain why he waited until the day before the provincial line changes come into effect for Atlantic Canada to announce the tougher restrictions for New Brunswick. 
And this story should make you feel better after those rather intense items. The population of Montgomery, Vermont is just over 1,200, but it's the number 1,500 that stands out for most locals. See, runner L. Perrier St. Pierre's track and field specialty is the 1,500. The hometown hero dominated the field at an Olympic qualifying race yesterday and will represent the United States on the world stage in Tokyo next month. For the folks in Montgomery, they say they are proud as an understatement. John uh, Witherspoon of Montgomery told WCAX, I think everybody in town wants that race. John Sartarian with a snowshoe lodge and pub also told Channel 3, it's pretty amazing, absolutely phenomenal. We're all pulling for her. The whole town has been pulling for her. Montgomery residents are beaming after Perrier St. Pierre made the U.S. Olympic team yesterday, setting a new meet record of three minutes, 58 seconds, and three hundredths in the 1,500 meters in Eugene, Oregon. Now the Bob's World four-day forecast for Northeast Vermont, Northern New Hampshire, and Southern Quebec. Tonight, mostly cloudy early, then clearing, a low of 46 Light and variable winds tonight. Tomorrow, sun and clouds mixed, high 71. Thursday, sunny skies, high near 80. They nudged up the thermometer just a little bit. Friday, sun and clouds mixed, high 81. Saturday, cloudy skies, a few showers later today, high 84. Looking at the numbers that are uh, coming into us here at uh, 9.51 as we're recording this. It's been a, a rather late evening, but we had some graduate school work to do. And uh, I, I also had, well, I'll, I'll tell you about my exercise uh, routine that I'm getting into in the next uh, portion of the program when things settle down to an, uh, a certain kind of a pace. Uh, the numbers that are coming into us in the region at this hour, just before 10 o'clock, in the Eastern Time Zone, 11 Atlantic, 57 and cloudy in Montreal, Boston 64 and rain, New York 64 and clear, Ogdensburg 54 and cloudy. We have 58 and rain showers in Bangor, 60 and cloudy in Hartford, rain in Chatham, Cape Cod 65, 59 mostly cloudy in Springfield, Massachusetts, 55 and cloudy in Berlin, New Hampshire. In Putnam County, New York, Kent Corners is checking in with 58 and cloudy. Fog and 59 in Halifax, Nova Scotia, St. John, New Brunswick, cloudy and 57. Eastport, Maine, 58 and cloudy. Rockland, Midcoast, Maine, rain and 61. Also 61 and rain in Old Orchard Beach in St. Johnsbury. As we approach the 10 o'clock hour in the eastern time zone, 55 and partly cloudy. The air quality index is 17, down from the 40s where it was yesterday. It is very good air quality tonight. The wind is out of the northwest at 4 miles an hour. The visibility out to 10 miles and a barometric pressure 29.79 inches of mercury. Repeating our St. Johnsbury temperature, it is 59 degrees at 5 minutes to 10 at night, going down to 47 tonight. You can help save a life. See someone unconscious, not breathing? Call 911 for the paramedics. Start CPR and ask for the automated external defibrillator. Toronto EMS 
has 1,400 AEDs in public places like TTC subway stations and community centers. Help a paramedic save a life. I'm really happy to talk to you today. And thanks to EMS, I'm here. Find out more at torontoems.ca. So I can play sports and see my friends without having to worry about anything. I'm ready for concerts to be back and just have a life again. So I can actually eat pizza at my favorite pizza place. Because I'm ready to travel again. So that I can sit on the couch, read my granddaughter books, and hug her when there's a happy ending. We each have our own reason for why we're getting vaccinated against COVID-19. What will yours be? Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org for information on the COVID-19 vaccines. It's up to you. Brought to you by the Ad Council. A former University of Vermont Medical Center emergency room doctor has pleaded guilty to state and federal child porn charges. Authorities say 39-year-old Ike Blom of South Burlington will plead guilty next month to multiple state and federal charges of voyeurism, lewd and lascivious conduct, and possession of child porn. According to court documents, a UVM Medical Center employee found a camera hidden in a unisex employee bathroom. WCAX Burlington reports investigators with the Chittenden Unit for Special Investigations found 1,300 videos on the camera. Blom was allegedly caught on his own camera, seen hiding it at least two, in at least two locations. A search warrant of his home also found child porn. Under the plea deal, Blom will be sentenced to between 8 and 11 years behind bars and pay nearly $40,000 in restitution to the victims, money from the sale of his home. Blom had been in federal custody since last May. He's due in federal court on July the 8th and state court on July 13th. A Long Island resident made a shocking discovery on Sunday when they found an 8-foot snake outside their home. WCBS News Radio 880 reports that, according to Suffolk County Police, a resident reported finding an 8-foot boa constrictor in their driveway at their Deer Park home around 9 Sunday morning. When officers got there, the snake was discovered coiled up inside a garbage bin. Suffolk Police officials say officers uh, Argon Reyes and John Angus were able to contain the snake in the trash bin and safely transport it to the Veterinary Medical Center of Long Island, which is in West Islip. While authorities first believe the snake was a boa constrictor, animal, animal experts on Long Island, including the Suffolk Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals, noted that the snake was instead a Burmese python. According to the New York Department of Environmental Conservation, the snakes are classified as animals dangerous to health or welfare and are illegal to own in the state of New York. WCBS also reports the Burmese python is one of the largest species of snake and is native to Southeast Asia. It's a long way from Long Island. The snakes can grow up to 26 feet long and can weigh more than 200 pounds. The New York State Department of Environmental Conservation is investigating how the snake ended up in the person's garbage bin. And two New York City artists honored actress Meryl Streep for her birthday today by changing the Manhattan subway station to read 72nd Streep instead of Street. Riders that passed through the Upper West Side on the 72nd Street 123 station this morning saw the renamed stop 
on both the uptown and downtown platforms, Adrian Wilson, known as the New York City Subway Banksy, had previously changed the 50th Street Station Ruth Street sign in honor of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. The Aretha Franklin Subway Respect sign, which was later turned into a permanent tribute, as well as the Biden 46th Subway signs. Adrian Wilson told Time Out, I'm known for my subway sign tributes and realized back in January that this one letter sticker change would be the perfect birthday surprise from New York to one of its best love stars. Hopefully she enjoys the surprise and the MTA lets it stay up for the day. Hi, I'm Greg Peterson of the Peterson Farm Brothers. If you've seen our videos, you know we're proud to be farmers. Farming can be dangerous. Never assume location or depth of underground utilities or pipelines. Before you start any work on your farm, call 811 or visit clickbeforeyoudig.com to have underground lines located. It only takes a minute and can save your life. Never assume the location or depth of underground lines. Always call 811 or visit clickbeforeyoudig.com before you start work. A message from the Pipeline Operators for Ag Safety Campaign. This is a public service announcement test from TakeMeFishing.org to determine if you need a fishing license and boat registration before heading out on the water. Let us begin. Are you a bear? Do you have a beak? Do you have plumage? Please tell me you answered no, which means you need to get a fishing license and have your boat registered because it helps local conservation efforts protect the very natural resources you enjoy boating and fishing in for generations to come. Do your part at TakeMeFishing.org. Tuesday, June the 22nd, the 173rd day of 2021, with 192 days left on the year. And we're on late this evening because I decided to go out and take a walk, which turned into a six-mile walk, ladies and gentlemen, on the Lamoille County Rail Trail, which uh, goes out from the south end of town, and it, it... you know, it keeps on going. I didn't walk all the way to Danville or something. I could, but I'd still be walking now if I had done that. Uh, but it, when you take those long walks, and, you know, I'm not getting any thinner, and I'm not getting any younger. So I, I wanted to go and, and help that. And I realized that when I was in the city a couple of weeks ago, we ran the podcast from inside my hotel room in uh, Midtown a couple of weeks back. I noticed while I was down there that my Fitbit was registering that I had done 12,000 12, steps in one day. And that was just a part of my going about what I do when I'm down there. And I thought, well, if I can do 1,200 steps in a day down there, why not up here? Huh? Of course, elevation is part of it is but but the Lamoille County Rail Trail is graded for a train traffic really I mean it's a rail trail now it's a trail now but when they built it in the first place it had to be at a grade that allowed for uh, trains to go back and forth on it so it's 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 it the inclines aren't that bad is what I'm trying to say so I looked at the thing and I went you know, I could probably do six miles today. So I set the I set the Fitbit up and, and 
It made me do it, and I walked three miles down the trail and three miles back up. So I did it. Uh, I also, uh, <laughs> coming on here later, because after doing so, I got into my recliner and I just said, I'm going to lay back here for a little bit. And so normally I'd have the podcast on for you by, you know, four or five in the afternoon. I try not to leave you hanging on these weekdays. Of course, we're switching to a weekly format starting July the 7th and taking a break after Thursday's program on the 24th for a little bit uh, for Canada Day and Independence Day, even though I can't go to Canada yet. Uh, But... Uh, it'll be that time when I'll be off and regrouping, and there's also plenty of graduate school work that I need to concentrate on, and that's part of the reason why I'm switching this to a weekly uh, during the month of July, uh, and and that uh, that course ends in early August. So, and then after that, I may be going on a vacation to Maine with the folks, which would mean that it will probably be on hiatus altogether come come August. So it'll be a weekly on starting July the 7th, and we'll, we'll try to do that. Heck, Peter Mansbridge is switching his podcast to a weekly uh, about the same time I am. So I, I'm in good company because things kind of start to slow down once the summer hits. They really do. Today, Tuesday, the 22nd, I already mentioned it's day number 173 of 2021 and 192 days left in the year. Actor Prunella Scales, who was on the BBC's Faulty Towers, if you watch the reruns, uh, sometimes they're on PBS uh, stations. Uh, She's 89 years old. I believe she was... uh, Oh, I'm not going to go... I'm not going to go out and predict which character she was because she was on the she was on the program it might have been might have played the uh wife of uh basil faulty what character played by john cleese but she was on faulty towers nonetheless uh senator diane feinstein of uh, california 88 actor singer chris christopherson 85 movie director john Corty is 85 actor michael lerner 80 Actor Klaus Maria Brandauer, 78. Fox News analyst Britt Hume, 78. Singer Howard Eddie Kalen, 74. Senator Elizabeth Warren from Massachusetts, 72. Meryl Streep, we already know it's her birthday today. They're one of the last items in the news. Uh, 72, she is today. Lindsay Wagner, 72. Alan Osmond, 72. Actor Graham Greene, 69. Cindy Lauper is 68 years old today. Derek Forbes, 65. Rocker Gary Beers of In Excess is 64. Environmental activist Erin Brockovich, 61. Actress Amy Brenneman, 57. Author Dan Brown, 57. Rock singer Stephen Page, 51 years old. Stephen Page, the Bare Naked Ladies. Uh, Carson Daly is 48 today. Singer-musician Todd Rundgren is 73. Here's his tune from 1983 about uh, not wanting to work and what you'd rather do all day. 
the album was called The Ever-Popular Tortured Artist Effect. Here is Todd Rundgren. That is Todd Rundgren from 1983, and I don't want to work. I want to bang on my drum all day. He sings better than I do. This date in history, 1611, the English explorer Henry Hudson, who has a river named after him, several towns, a bay, among other things. Uh, Henry Hudson, his son, and several other people were set adrift in present-day Hudson Bay, his namesake, uh, by mutineers aboard the Discovery. 1815, Napoleon Bonaparte abdicated for a second time as Emperor of the French. 
1870, the United States Department of Justice was created. 1937, Joe Lewis began his reign as the world heavyweight boxing champ by knocking out Jim Braddock in the eighth round of their fight in Chicago. A year later on this date, Lewis knocked out Max Schmeling in the first round of their rematch at Yankee Stadium. 1940, in World War II, Adolf Hitler gained a stunning victory as France was forced to sign an armistice eight days after German forces overran Paris. A year later on this date, Nazi Germany launched Operation Barbarossa, a massive invasion of the Soviet Union. In 44, on this date, President Franklin Delano Roosevelt signed the Servicemen's Readjustment Act of 1944, more popularly known as the GI Bill of Rights. In 45, the World War II Battle of Okinawa ended with an Allied victory. 1969, singer-actor Judy Garland died in London. She was just 47 years old. President Nixon on this date in 1970 signed an extension of the Voting Rights Act of 1965 that lowered the minimum voting age to 18, which is where it stands to this day. John N. Mitchell in 1977 became the first former U.S. Attorney General to go to prison as he began serving a sentence for his role in the Watergate cover-up. He was released 19 months later. 1981, Mark David Chapman pleaded guilty to killing rock star John Lennon. And in 1992, the U.S. Supreme Court in RAV versus, RAVV versus City of St. Paul unanimously ruled that hate crime laws that banned cross-burning and similar expressions of racial bias violated free speech rights. Hate crime laws that banned cross-burning and similar expressions of racial bias violated free speech rights. Supreme Court decision on this date in 1992. Not 62 or 52 or 32, but 92. In 2011, President Barack Obama announced in a White House address that he would pull home 33,000 troops from Afghanistan by the following summer. James Whitey Bulger, the longtime fugitive Boston crime boss and fixture on the FBI's most wanted list, was arrested on this day 10 years ago in Santa Monica, California. You've been listening to Bob's World on this Tuesday, June the 22nd. Our listener feedback phone is area code 802-467-0212, but you won't be able to call it during the noon hour because I will be on that line with a special guest. More about that in a brief moment. I'm on Twitter, Bob Welch, N-E-N-Y. Tomorrow, we will have a very special guest and one of our radio friends here in the Northeast uh, Vermont area, Todd Prato, and he is arranging a special benefit concert for another of our radio friends in Northeast Vermont, Devaney Choquette, who has had to undergo what can only be described as a battery of cancer treatments over the past six months. And uh, that concert will be happening at the Orleans County Fairgrounds in Barton, Vermont, this upcoming Saturday. And uh, come by here in this space tomorrow and you'll hear all about that. And all of what uh, Todd Prado has been doing in order to, I, I, you know, I have never uh, arranged a concert before. So that must be another sector of it. So it just, it, it's the goodness of his heart 
uh, pulling this together, and we want to give him as much of a megaphone as we possibly can uh, to where the reach of this uh, program goes. And so we want to have uh, him on tomorrow, and that, that is exactly what we're doing. We leave you with singer Peter Asher, who, along with Peter and Gordon, uh, came to fame in 1964 with her first single, Peter Asher of Peter and Gordon. is 77 years old today. A World Without Love is what we leave you with today. Please lock me away And don't allow the day Here inside where I hide With my loneliness I don't care what they say I won't stay in a world without love Birds sing out of tune And rain clouds hide the moon I'm okay, here I'll stay With my loneliness I don't care what they say I won't stay in a world without love So I wait, and in a while I will see my true love smile She may come, I know not when When she does, I'll know, so baby, until then Lock me away And don't allow the day Here inside, where I hide With my loneliness I don't care what they say I won't stay in a world without love So I wait, and in a while I will see my true love smile She may come, I know not when When she does, I'll know So baby, until then Lock me away And don't allow the day Here inside Where I hide With my loneliness I don't care what they say, I won't stay in a world without love. I don't care what they say, I won't stay in a world without love.